Open your Bibles back up to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 8, please. And uh, we're going to be reading. And, and just remember that uh, one of the, the verse that, um, uh, that I shared with you this morning, other than this, was Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, which just simply says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Did you ever stop to think that every approach we have to God is through faith? It's through faith. Everything. Now, on the opposite side of that is that everything that God does toward man is through grace. And so, here you go. When you have grace reaching down to man, and man, through faith, is reaching up to God, and God reaches and gets a hold of that hand of faith through His grace, friend, you've got a winning team. And it all rests on God's grace. But every approach that we have toward God is through faith. And so without faith, you just can't please God. And so we have to be willing to trust and believe God. And that's what we're talking about. It's talking about trusting God to provide for us what we could not provide ourselves. By the way, is that not salvation? Is that not how salvation works? We have to trust God because there's nothing that we can do to save ourselves or to make ourselves any more presentable to God, we, through faith, have to trust in what Jesus did when he went to the cross of Calvary. He died, he was buried, he rose again, and he lives today to be our Savior. Amen. Now, we must have faith in those facts. That's what redeems us. And now, look, these promises, all of the promises that God makes us in this book right here, we have to claim those promises by faith. We must believe God. And so therefore, it's really not uh, anything strange that God has put a system in the Bible, a principle, a, 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 a teaching, whereby we must trust Him to give through us what we are not able to give ourselves for the work of reaching the world with the gospel message. 
It's not, that's not a big deal. Because everything else that God does, we have to be willing to trust Him for it. And so God wants to reach the world with the gospel. And so the Bible declares to us that He has a way where every person can participate in His plan. It doesn't matter if you're young or if you're old. It doesn't matter if you are rich or if you're poor. It doesn't mean that if you that you may have a job and have a steady stream of income or you are retired and you have a limited income. That's not the question. That's not the basis. That has absolutely nothing to do with it. It's the fact that God says, and he never says based on your income. He doesn't say based on your age. He simply says, I want you to trust me so that I can channel through you what I want to go through your mission program in your church to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so let's see how it works. Again, look at these words. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit. And I always thought that was a funny statement there, how that's written. We do you to wit. That ain't the way we talk in Arkansas, is it? If we were saying that in, in uh, southern Arkansas language, we'd say, hey, I want you to notice the grace of God that has been bestowed upon those churches in Macedonia. That's what we'd have said. In other words, I want you to see something. I want you to see something big. I want you to see something that is absolutely astonishing. Well, what is it, Paul? I want you to notice how God has bestowed his grace on a bunch of churches in the little country of Macedonia. And he says, now, if you don't believe that, look at this. He said, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. Wow. Now look at this. They were in a great trial of affliction. They were being hounded. They were being persecuted. They were sort of being starved out. But he said, what's this? <laughs> he said they were in bad shape. And look at this. And the deep poverty that they were in. I mean, these, per these people were not poor. They were poor. 
I mean, I mean, you know, they were down. They, they were down to eating poke salad. He didn't even have any fat back to go with it. They were poor. But look at this. But how it abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Something out of their poverty and out of their persecution came this unusual amount of offering that had been gathered and they liberally gave it to the Apostle Paul and his, and his entourage so they could further the gospel message. Now, how in the world did they do that? Well, Paul said, for to their power, <laughs> and I bear record, yea, and beyond their power. So there's something else working here. They didn't do this all by themselves. I mean, they had an offering that astounded the Apostle Paul. And he said, it had to be the grace of God that caused this. It had to be the grace of God. God richly poured it out on these people, and what happened? God was made it possible to flow money through them into their, into their collection, their offering, that was beyond their power. It was beyond their doing. It was beyond their ability. And look at this. They were willing of themselves, praying us, that with much entity that we would receive this gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints, and this they did, not as we had hoped. Paul said it wasn't us. We didn't, we didn't have anything to do with this. Look at this. You know how it was all made possible? Look here. But... First, gave themselves to the Lord. Here was a group of people who realized that they didn't have the means to receive an offering like this. You know what they did? Brother, they just got down on their knees and said, Lord, here we are. Now you do something that we can't do. They gave themselves to the Lord, which meant that it allowed the Lord to do something great through them. And now look at this.
they first gave themselves unto the Lord. Now look at this. And unto us by the will of the Lord. Now let's think about some possibilities. Can I come down here? You up to me. Casey, I'd like to get down so I can let people in high. <laughs> now you take a church. Look here. Here's these little churches dotted around the little country of uh, Macedonia, Philippi, uh, Thessalonica. They got to see you. All these little churches. And, and uh, they're poor. They're dirt poor. They don't got no money. They don't know where their money's going to come from. And all of a sudden, they get this deep burden that there's people out there who need to know Jesus. There are people out there who are hurting even more than we are hurting. So they get down, they pray, and they give themselves to the Lord. And here the Lord works. And all of a sudden, the offerings that they take in is astounding. I mean, it's, it's nothing. Paul knew their situation, and he could not believe that all this money had been collected to go to his ministry to, uh, to help the poor saints back in Jerusalem and, and, and to minister the gospel. Now, all this money had come in. Now, think about this, because this is very important. They had this big offer. They are poor as an old snake's bed. They can't pay bills. Reckon there was anybody ever tempted to say, hey, you know, we got this big offering here. You know, we could fix up our building a little bit. We could pay a little, maybe some back taxes. We, you know, we could do a whole lot with this money. Reckon they, some, some of them might have been tempted to do that. Well, maybe, maybe. But look what Paul said. Paul said the first thing they did was they give themselves to the Lord. Second thing they did, they gave us that offering by the will of God. In other words, God said, hey, I didn't give this money to you. I gave this money through you to go to the furtherance of the gospel <laughs> and Paul's ministry. Did you get the idea? Get the idea? Uh, you know, we have to be careful. We have to be careful that, that we don't allow God's blessings to, to uh, <coughs> cause us to use them for the wrong reason. And so, 
Now look at this. Because Paul admonishes these uh, be believers, the church members in Corinth, to follow the example of the churches of Macedonia. And he says, and to abound in this grace also. Look at this. Therefore, in verse 7, Therefore, as much, or rather, as you abound in everything. Now, Paul's writing to the church at, at Corinth. He says, now, as you abound, as you abound in, in everything, and in any list. He said, as you abound in faith, and that is believing God, trusting God, as you abound in utterance, in other words, the ability to speak the word of God, and as you abound in knowledge, in other words, as your knowledge of the Lord grows, and as you abound in all diligence, in other words, just being diligent in your duties as a child of God and in your love for us as you abound in love. Look at this. See that you abound in this grace. Also, what grace? He's talking about the grace that God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. He said, hey, as you grow as a child of God, here's what you've got to do. You have also got to get to the point where you give yourselves to the Lord so that he can, he can put his grace on you in great measures as he did the churches in Macedonia. Now look at this. Paul said, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of your forwardness of others, or as the occasion of the forwardness of others. And look here. And to prove the sincerity of your love. Proving the sincerity of your love. Paul said, that's what I'm driving at. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this. You know the grace of the Lord that, look here, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. That you, through his poverty, 
might be rich. You know why we're rich? And if you don't think you're rich, folk, you need to wake up and smell the roses. Did you know that 98% of the world lives far, 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 far beyond our standard? Now, that's just physically. But have you thought about the spiritual riches that you have? you know why that's possible? Because Jesus become poor so that you could be rich. <clears throat> that through his poverty, you might be rich. You know what faith promise does? It proves the sincerity of your love. Because you are saying to the Lord, Lord, I love you so much that I am willing to trust you to flow through me. The financial blessings that I can pass on through faith promise giving so that other people can hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we prove our love to the Lord and we prove our love for lost souls. And our Lord Jesus Christ, of course, he is our supreme example of love in that he became poor. He gave it all so that we might be rich in all of the spiritual blessings that he has poured out upon us. But now Paul also, um, he also reminds these Christians in Rome, or rather in Corinth, about the law of sowing and reaping. Look at verse uh, chapter 9. Look down at verse 6 of 2 Corinthians. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he is purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, for the Lord loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, having 
always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Now, you know, I've, I've, I've heard people make, try to make this argument. And it's from those who don't believe that tithing is a scriptural teaching. And they say, well, now you know what the Bible says. It says whatever a man purposes in his heart. And you know, have you, I, you know what I've noticed? I don't know about you, but I've noticed that people that use that argument, they don't give near about 10%. Because most of them done purpose in their heart, they ain't going to give much, nothing. But let me tell you something. Listen, you read these verses that we have read and, and uh, go back and read others, and you're going to find out that Paul was not talking about tithing. He is talking about giving an offering to the poor saints back in Jerusalem and to Paul's ministry to further the gospel. That's what he was talking about. And so let's don't even try to bring tithing into this thing. As I said this morning, tithing is one of them things you don't even have to pray about. Brother, if you saved, you've got to be tithing. You're supposed to be tithing. That's just what the Bible teaches. And so we're talking about giving. Over and beyond, we're talking about faith promise giving. And so the, the, the sowing and reaping just simply states this. It says, if you, if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. That's pretty simple. We all understand that. We, we, we come from a farming community. Uh, we, we know what it is to plant seed in a garden. And just simple. If you plant seeds and you plant, you plant them the way they ought to be planted, they're going to come up. More seeds you plant, the more, the more uh, crop you're going to have the more harvest you're going to reap. That's pretty simple. Sparingly, if you're stingy with your seed, putting them in the ground, the ground's going to be stingy about giving you the harvest that, you're, that you would like to get. That's pretty well it. Now look at this. And by the way, just let me say this, that, that, that the teaching here is that the more we give to missions, the more we trust God to give through us what he would not give to us, the more we're going to give to missions, the more the Lord will bless us as individuals and the more he will bless our churches. These blessings are a direct result 
of allowing God to give through us what we could not possibly give. And so every believer should give as he purposed in his heart. You see, faith promise giving is a matter of the heart. It's what am I going to trust God to give through me? A matter of the heart. It's a personal commitment to the Lord. It is not a pledge. It is not a pledge to your church. You're not going to get a letter in the mail saying, hey, you're behind on your faith promise offerings. You're not going to get a phone call from anybody. It's between you and God. It's not anybody else's business. Now, those who make a, a faith promise, and they begin fulfilling that faith promise on a weekly basis or a, a, uh, a monthly basis, however you can, you can do that, you know what God's going to do? He is going to make all grace abound toward you. In other words, you're going to be confident and you can expect to have all sufficiency in all things. I, I, I mentioned this this morning, and I want, you to, I want you to understand I'm not bragging because there's nothing about me. I brag on Jesus. We've been have participated in faith promise for 30-something years, I don't know. Time gets away from me. Not one time, not one time have I ever not been able to give my faith promise offering into 30-plus years. And I'm telling you that our standard of living is as high as most people in, in, in our churches. Now, I can't make that happen. I can't make it happen. But boy, I got a God who can. <laughs> I'm a living testimony to that very fact. All right, I don't know how long I've been going. I got, I got one other thing, a couple of things. I got two more things I want to tell you. And, and, and this is so good. Because Paul challenged the Corinthians that what they need to do was to increase their faith. You know, we have to grow our faith. And, and, and that is, if you've been participating in faith promise uh, giving, and you trust the Lord last year to give $20 through you, make it possible, provide it, then don't be satisfied to trust God for $20 next year. Increase your faith. Stretch that faith. Say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you for $25, 30 whatever. But stretch your faith. That's what Paul is telling uh, the church here at Corinth. To increase their faith, thereby, look at this, enlarging him and his missionary uh, companions 
enabling them to take the gospel to regions beyond. Look in chapter 10. Oh, I love this. Beginning down at 14, look at this. Look what he says. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reach not unto you. For we are come as far as you, uh, as far as to you, also preaching the gospel. Not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labor, but having hope when your faith is increased that you shall be enlarged by, your, by you according to our rule abundantly to preach the gospel in regions beyond and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand. Wow. Man. Here's what Paul said to these Corinthians. He said, what we, want, what we want to see, we want to see your faith increase. In other words, we want you to grow in faith and trust God uh, for uh, more than you have been trusting Him for, allowing God to, to give through you what He would not give to you. So that your giving to us may abound. That it may Increase. Well, why did Paul want those increased offerings? So that he could take the gospel to people beyond that region. You know what? Here's what Paul's saying. He said, folks, you know that we came to Corinth and we stayed quite a long time, probably longer than he stayed anywhere. And he said, you remember how we made tents for our living? And we preached the gospel? And, and, and you people were saved? And uh, we baptized you? And we organized this church? Now he said, how did we do that? Well, we did it, first of all, by working with our own hands. But we also did it because we had gotten offerings from other churches. Now here's what we want you to do. We want you to enlarge your giving so that we can take the gospel from here to somewhere else. Now let me tell you, let me tell you. You know, I don't know the history of Calvary Baptist Church. I'm sure there are those of you here probably. I don't know when it was organized. I don't know uh, why. But I want to tell you something. Somewhere in the past, somebody got a vision. Somebody got a burden that there needed to be a church <coughs> in Denver. Somebody came here. Somebody had to be supported, whoever the preacher was. 
And he had to get money from other churches to come here and 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 work and preach and and have people saved and baptized until one day Calvary Baptist Church was organized. And all of that was on the back of other people. And so here's what Paul would say to you. He'd say, now look, you are the recipients of the gospel being brought here and preached here, and, and this church is now here because somebody paid the price, somebody trusted the Lord, somebody came here and preached. Now, what he's asking you to do is to allow the Lord to channel through you what he will not give to you so that that money can be collected and it can be sent to missionaries around the world who are going to do the same thing that somebody did right here in the past. You know the old saying? Bless your heart is just paying it forward. Paying it forward. That is what he's saying. All right. Turn with me. Back to Luke chapter 38. Not Luke 38. Luke 6, 38. I'm sorry. I love this verse. Look what it says. Luke 6, 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. So what's he saying? Well, let me illustrate this best I can. He said, I want you to give. Here's the way I want you to give. In, in, in the Bible days, you know, mostly uh, the, the proper attire was a big old skirt. And if you went to the market to buy grain, here's what they would do. You would go and, and, and you would hold your, your, your the, the hem of your skirt, you would hold it up, and make a big old, a big old tub, a cloth tub. And, and, and what they would do, look at verse uh, 38 again. Give, and it shall be given 
a good measure. So whoever you were buying that grain from, he would give a good measure. I mean, he would take something and he would dip it up and he would pour it into that cloth tub of yours and it would be a good measure. I mean, it'd be just full. Then he'd say, now you hold on, you hold on tight. And then he would take his hands and he would press it down. He would press that grain down just as much as he could. And then he would take that and, and he would shake it like this. And he would shake it down until it would, could not go down any more. And then he had put grain on top. And you know when he would quit putting grain on top? <laughs> he'd put, he'd, he'd, he would stop putting that grain on top when that grain would start falling off of that cloth tub. <laughs> now he said, you give. In other words, you allow the Lord to give through you what he's not going to give to you for mission support. And he said, here's what's going to happen. Number one, man, you are going, you are going to, you're going to receive blessings that are a good measure. And they're going to be pressed down. And it's going to be shaken together. And you're going to be blessed so much that it's going to be running over the sides. Now he said, when you give. Faith promise. Look, do you see what it said? Shall men give unto you? You know, you, have you ever figured this out? The Lord, when he blesses me, you know, almost all time he blesses me through other people. Have you figured that out? That's how God blesses me. Shall men give into your bosom? Why? Because the same measure that you give, it will be given back to you in the same measure. That's what the Lord says. We're given a story in 1 Kings chapter 17. Remember when Elijah, God sent her to him to this widow lady. And this widow lady, when Paul got out, when, when Elijah got there, they were in dire straits. She had just a little bit of she had a little bit of oil. They were actually gathering sticks to build a fire. And I just saw it. He said, ma'am, I want you to make me a cake to eat. I'm hungry. Her reply was this. I've got just a small amount 
meal, and oil. And I was fixing to use that meal and oil to make me and my son something to eat. And then we that would be it, and we could just die. Well, I just, I'll tell you what you do. Trust me. Trust the Lord. Make me a cake. You know the story, don't you? She made Elijah a cake. And after she got that meal and mixed it up, got that cake cooking, she looked in that that little fruits and guess what was in there? There was still some peel, still some oil. She made that for her and her son to eat. And the next day when they got ready to eat again, she looked in there and lo and behold, there was meal and there was oil. She made Elijah something. And then there was all meal for her and her son to eat. That just went on. You know why? Because she trusts God. Now, friend, that's what we're asking you to do. And you may be here and you, you've already done that and you say, Preacher, I, I know it works. I don't, I don't understand, but I do know it works. And, and I'm, I'm ready. I'm trusting the Lord for this year, for my faith promise. And you hear it, you say, Well, you know, I hear you. I, you know, I, this is all new. Yeah? Just trust the Lord. Do it anyway. And you don't have to do an outrageous amount. In fact, if this is your first time, I would suggest that you do something small. Not because God can't supply it, but it's because your faith needs to grow. And so starting small, trusting the Lord for a smaller amount doesn't mean anything. It's just allowing your faith to grow. That's what we're asking.